back to the universe's greatest podcast ever in the world everyone's favorite it's the culture bucket podcast where two great good best friends talk all things pop culture uh back and forth with lists and reviews etc etc i am your host george and with me is your co-host your other host alex hi alex hi george hi everyone are you excited yes why uh, because we are now recording our 100th episode Yay! of this podcast. It's been a hundred episodes. Yep. Today, as a celebration of such event, of eventful uh, times, we're doing a redo. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing a big redo. We're going back to our early episodes uh, on our top five films and our top five albums. We're checking our lists twice, like Santa does. Yeah. And... Uh, probably changing them completely because they're mad my my five list my list was so crazy I, yeah. i'm quite embarrassed by it i don't know why my albums list is um yeah weird i guess you know we recorded those episodes in the summer of 2020 yeah i guess and uh i don't know it was a weird time it was it mm. was Obviously, the height of COVID and et cetera, and we're all trapped inside, and the world was strange and different, and um, it was hard to deal with the world. And Definitely, yeah. It made my pop culture selections go mad. But now, probably in three years' time, the new lists I've made will look insane as yeah, well. Yeah, I think... We'll have to wait and see. I was thinking that as well. I was just looking at it. I was like, is this, is this it? Is this the ultimate list? Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. It'd like to be like like the the film critic in the UK, Mark Kermode. Mm. It, his favorite film, famously, is The Exorcist. Yeah, and it never ever changes ever. Oh. he'll never change that. I'd love to be able to find such permanent joy in one thing. Yeah, but I don't. I move between things. Yeah, absolutely. Depend on how I feel, mm. which I think is good. You know, we're not we are ever changing, ever evolving humans. So culture changes and our settings mm. change and pandemics True. happen <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah they do yeah uh before we get into it we should ask people to do the usual thing of raters reviewers give us a like you can do it in app i hear uh whatever app you're using just go in rate and review us tell people what you think of us tell your friends about us get the word out about us give us a written review we'll read it out if we get any of those uh, we'd love to hear from you, hear what you think of us. You can find links to all of our social medias in the show notes for this episode and every episode, uh, along with links to do things like buy us a coffee if you'd like to buy us a coffee and support us as well. We'd really appreciate it. We got one uh, a couple of weeks ago from Elisa and it made us both feel very warm and fuzzy. So Aww. thank you for that again. Thank you, Elisa. Yeah. Um, so are we going to do albums or films first? Uh, what do we do in... I think we did films first, didn't we? 
No, we did albums first. Oh, okay, so well, let's do albums first. I think because I th- we did music, we did loads of music episodes and then realised that we're better at talking about films. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> top, top five albums was our third episode and top five films was our fourth episode. Okay. So albums first. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one, our top five. What were your top five albums in in the summer of 2020? Oh, my God. Okay, number five, I had uh, Lemonade by Beyonce. Number four, okay, computer. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't what? Don't kill the cow immediately. <laughs> I don't kill cows. <laughs> exactly, so let it luxuriate for okay, a Okay, number five. That's a great album, Beyonce's Lemonade. What's wrong with that? No, it's wonderful. However, okay. it's everybody's... It's the worst still to come. It's everybody's favourite album. And I don't know. know After Swarm, I'm just kind of like a little bit. Oh, really? You're off Beyonce? Yeah. Because of Swarm. No, but, she didn't but even... also because of like her massive concert in du- in uh, in the in, in Dubai uh... and all of that and the you know Okay. Fair enough. That was a weird thing. Although I guess I don't know. I think I think every big band does those things. They just don't promote it as much as Beyonce's was for some reason. But I guess I don't know why, why that thing Beyonce did was made such a big event. Yeah, but also why do it? What do you need the money? Do you need to like you know, they always want more money, don't they? I know, I know, but I don't know. I just, I just kind of feel like the more she goes on, the more detached she is. As Batman said, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, because I, I, I love her albums. I love her music. I love what she tries to say. But however, like I don't, I don't see anything else concrete. Like her music speaks a lot. But I don't see any like concrete stuff that she does to actually make a change. Mm. So there's a lot of like preaching. But where is the, the, the actual stuff? I see what you mean. I don't know. Is she do? Surely she has some charitable causes that she works with. I guess. The list of the list of charities Beyonce supports is both long and varied, but perhaps the greatest contribution she's made is the Survivor Foundation, an organization she founded with fellow Destiny's child Kelly Rowland to help victims of Hurricane Katrina. The foundation's accomplishments are many, including the Music World Cares Christmas Carnival that enabled over three hundred low income households to enjoy a fun filled day of food, entertainment, a visit from Santa Claus, and free toys from the toy giveaway. She also held a series of food drives for her concerts in 2006 to collect the food that was so desperately needed by victims. Mm. But all these things are from like, this, is, this, this was written in 2023 and all the examples are pre-2010. So that is interesting. Cool. What was your number four? No embarrassment. Uh, okay, computer, Radiohead. Yeah, that's a good album. Yeah. But uh, again, like, like with Lemonade, it's everyone's favourite album. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine for it to be. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, Blonde by Frank Ocean. Even though yep. his Coachella set wasn't great, <laughs> I still his Coachella stand, set was weird. I still stand by him. Uh, I was saying to George before we started recording. I think there's a lot of pressure on Frank Ocean, and I think maybe when there's a lot of pressure, maybe you're overwhelmed by it. I don't agree. I think he is ridiculous. 
Yeah, he but- sells, have you seen the jewellery and things he sells on his website? Mm. Like he just wants to be into high fashion, high art. Like he sells diamond encrusted um, penis rings and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but I feel, yeah, okay, that's fine. But when you create two albums that become kind of mm. part of, uh, you know, pop culture and legendary and whatever... Um, and you're expected to always, you know, produce that kind of music, well, that people will love, then I think maybe when he hasn't released another album, so maybe he hasn't got, maybe he hasn't got any more ideas. Maybe he doesn't want that pressure. Don't headline a big festival. But did it not say that maybe there was like something behind it that they couldn't do, so he kind of gave up? Like the ice rink and stuff. There was supposed well, to be an ice yeah, but rink he, with he, that ice rink could have that would have worked. That was all ready to go. He just decided he didn't want to do it at the last minute and cancel it. Meaning that like a bunch of ice skating dancers who'd been practicing for weeks mm. suddenly didn't have a job to do. I've just gone to his online shop mm. called Homer. Mm. The very first thing you see listed is something called a Thea Legs Pendant and it costs one thousand two hundred dollars. I'm just a bit it's not for me anymore, I don't think. I still love Blonde, but I, Frank, what Frank Ocean did at Coachella seemed... I'm not down. I'm not yeah. into it. I guess it's not right because people, some people maybe just bought a ticket to Coachella to see him and, you know, they're not cheap tickets, but... He had a DJ come out and do, like, 20 minutes of just remixes of his songs while he sat on a stool. Yeah, I don't even... Did he even come out on stage? Frank Ocean did, yeah, but he was wearing this big blue parker with a hood pulled right up around his face and he... For a bunch of it, he sort of just played a recordings of his music and walked around. This, I don't know. Oh. I, I'm not. It, it's a big deal to headline a festival, even one that seems as insanely. Coachella seems even worse than Glastonbury in that it exists purely to be a live stream for people to watch at home, and yeah. it seems more geared towards the people at home than it does towards. Yeah, because I was looking, I was watching a couple of um of performances, and like the artist um Rosalia, she was like a lot of the concert she was looking into the camera, and I would find that so annoying to like. I read watch. a review specifically of her set where people were talking about that that it was right. She was really, really just about yeah, the um the camera. And I yeah. felt really weird because it's like I you're there to perform for the people, not up there, and the people at home will just you know watch whatever you do. At least in Glastonbury, the cameras are like you know just around, and you know just you just look you just watch the concert. Yeah, and I think she or some some of the people had like AR effects that you could only see on the stream. You didn't see them on the stage. I think Bad Bunny maybe. That sounds like an insane festival to go to. Like I don't. Yeah. Like I, I don't even think you can take alcohol and food on site. Like Bad. I think it's just an insane festival just for like photos and, and just to go like I went to Coachella. It just the doesn't gram. for the gram, yeah. Well, for the TikTok now. Did you read uh, Pitchfork's review of Blackpink's performance? <laughs> no, <laughs> was it wasn't oh. bad. Oh, do you want me to read some of it to you? Yeah, do it. Korean girl glute. Korean girl, Korean girl group Blackpink's headlining set on the Coachella stage was so overwhelming that it seemed less like a concert than a monument to human achievement in stage production. The spectacle started well before the quartet even appeared, beginning with an amused boosh 
An amuse-bouche of several hundred drones in synchronised flight. They changed colour and shifted shapes in a surreal display, arranging themselves as, among other things, a caterpillar, a butterfly, a paper crane, and some sort of creature, maybe a hippo dressed as an astronaut shooting a laser beam out of its arm. Mm. Watching Jenny, Jizzo, Lisa and Rose power through hits like Whistle, Love Sick Girls, Kill This Love and Boom Bio, as well as an interlude of solo tracks, I couldn't help but think about infrastructure rather than music. About the K-pop machine and the corporate festival machine and about how when you're watching a performance on massive screens from hundreds of feet back, are you really partaking in a once-in-a-lifetime communal experience versus just sort of standing outside watching TV? But I couldn't get my head around all of it or anything close to a conclusion because I couldn't keep a thought going for more than 15 seconds or so. Are you not entertained? screamed the massive flashing backdrops, the pyrotechnics, the backup dancers, the rhinestones, the costume changes, the streamers and confetti. I looked down at the cheap plastic LED bracelet on my wrist as it flickered different colours in sync with the light show and thought, feebly, yes. What? Did they like they it just, or not? They just, they just had an existential crisis, I think. <laughs> they okay. couldn't focus on the music. I felt that way at lots of concerts. It's not specific to Blackpink. They, they didn't talk at all in that entire like 200 word write-up about Blackpink's yeah. performance beyond the fact they had some drones very weird typical yeah. of Pitchfork it wasn't the greatest performance I've seen I've seen them do better but mm. I don't think anybody in Coachella look does a great performance like I think ev- everything at least what I've seen just the sound sounds bad and the stage is too big and nobody seems to have a live band or something mm. yeah mm. Very weird stuff. It's a very, very strange festival. So, fr- so one yeah. by Frank Ocean. Yeah. And my number two was a No Time for Dreaming by Charles Bradley. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. It's a great album. But, yeah. Yeah. I still like that album. Just, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's, I would be, I would put in my new top five. Mm. We'll see. Well, you know if you have or not. Well. But listeners don't know. And then my number one, which I found, I love this album, but I thought it was very strange. I put it as my number one, but I guess because it was, you know, maybe it reminded me of spending time with you and uh, Wales and uh, different times where I saw you more often. But my number one was Dirty Computer by Janelle Monae, which I still love that album. However, I guess it was very nostalgic moment because... We hadn't seen each other for a while. Mm, <laughs> and mm, I listened to the album mostly with you. So, yeah. It is a very good album. Yeah. She hasn't done another one since. I know. Another Frank Ocean. Mm, but slightly, slightly less time. And she's been performing. She's been acting. Yes. And she's excellent at doing she that. She is. She's better at acting than Frank Ocean is at designing jewellery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lovely stuff. My my original top five albums was so I started off with number five, uh, the album Future Days by German Krautrock uh, outfit Can, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. which I, is a very good album. Yeah. I haven't listened to it since we made that list, and I do like it a lot. But I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why I put it on there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Did you? I think you listened to it off the back of that. I guess maybe, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, number four, more controversially, uh, the original Broadway cast recording of Hamilton. Ah, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, again, I still really like it. I've got tickets to see it, actually, when it comes to Manchester. What? Amazing. Are you excited? You know, I'm excited. Good. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I hope you have a great time listening so to the I. worst musical ever made. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, not, when, not when cats exist. <laughs> Can't say that. Well, no. Cats is a bad film. That doesn't mean it's a bad musical. Well, the music, I didn't like the music. I, never, I, I don't like musicals it. anyway, so. I don't. Um, so, yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. Um, which I, I do, I do, I do like the album a lot, but it, I, it's none of my. Number three was the same as you, Frank Ocean's Blonde, yep. which we've talked about at length. Number two, um, an album that you, I can guarantee you will not be on my list now, uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted <laughs> Fantasy by Kanye West. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, I mean, that album is still a masterpiece. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. But I can't, I can't with him anymore. Even though it's changed his political views, are you sure? (laughs) Changed his political views because he watched the film 21 Jump Street. Yeah. And Jonah Hill convinced him that all Jewish people are okay. Which is as bad, not as bad, but it's it's, it's problematic. It's still problematic. Oh, it's really problematic. Jonah Hill does not stand for all Jewish people. Yeah. In the same way that whatever Jewish person wronged him in the past, he seemed to think stood... Like, his insistence on conflating an individual as being a representative of their entire culture or religious background or whatever it is, is madness. And whether it's for positive or negative reasons, it's not okay, and he should shut up and stop. So, I hate I hate you, Kanye West. Uh, yep. And as a result... Because I hate Kanye West, I hate all rappers. Really? Because mm. he represents them, doesn't he? Well, he represents all the rappers. Yeah, he's a rapper, so he does all the raps. No, that's obviously not true. I love um, lots of rappers. Who's my favourite rapper at the moment? Probably Tyler, the creator. Tyler, the creator. Tyler, the he creator. He was at Coachella. I, I didn't see his set, though. Uh, was it Coachella? I think so. Sure. I like him. He's great. Um, number one was, uh, again, a very great album that's important to me. But I don't quite know why I put it in my number one spot. Uh, the Holy Bible by Manic Street Preachers. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, two lists that I think surprised us when we looked back at them. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I, think, I think it's better to change rather than be always the same. Mm. I'd agree. So... What are our current top five albums? What's your... Oh. Alex has left. I'm by myself, talking to myself. That's chaos for... Hmm. Will she come back? Sorry. You're back! (laughs) By mistake, I completely cut you off. Good, good I was stuff. like, I've had enough of this shit. I've had enough of you. What did you... Okay. Um, I'm confused. Right, what were we talking about? What's your fifth favourite album of all time now? Fifth favourite album of all time. I've got a couple that are the same as before, but I put okay. them a little bit lower. Okay. So my fifth album of... Uh, favourite album of all time, it's OK Computer by Radiohead. Mm. Okay. I'm keeping that. You keep it. I'm keeping it. Why are you keeping it? Because it's wonderful. And every time I listen to it, I'm happy about listening to it. And I think it's great. And it's a, it's a great album. 
I don't think Radiohead have changed and become villains. I think they become better. I think they become better and better every day. Yeah, they've yeah. almost gone though. They've sort of gone. Yeah, but they'll come back. They'll they'll always be there so. in the background somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but now the smile. Have you listened to the smile? No. Oh, neither have I actually. But do you know what the smile is? <laughs> no. It's um Johnny Greenwood and Tom York's new band with a a drummer, a jazz drummer from oh. uh, some, Sons, a jazz band called Sons of Kemet that people like a lot. Uh, they're meant to be very good. Uh, the Smile. They put out an album last year that I haven't listened to properly yet. Mm. But um, yeah, you should check it out, and so should I. Then we can talk about. It. I will. Um, yeah, good. I don't know what it is about Radiohead. I do still really love them, but I don't get the feeling to listen to them so much anymore. Mm. I sort of veer towards other bands that I've I've grown to love more recently. Yeah. Um, but it's a strong choice. Do you want to know my number five what, album ever? Which what is it? What? What is it? <laughs> Good God. Um, it's an album that was has been released uh, post our last uh, list. Oh. Yeah. An album that caused such high levels of excitement and surprise during the pandemic. An album that is close to me in some ways because of that, because it was such a... It was, it was something to do. <laughs> <laughs> It provided something to do and something to be interested in, something to discuss in some months when there was nothing to do and nothing to be interested in and nothing to talk about other than how rubbish everything was. Yeah. Um, And it's the album Folklore by Taylor Swift. Wow. Mm. Great. I love Taylor Swift now. I love her so much. So much. I would love love to go see her live. Yeah. Her tour. I, I can't afford it. I can't deal with the people. I just like to have see her in front of me and sing for me. Uh, Even just yeah, one song is fine. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I she's on tour in America at the moment, and supposedly she's going to do the UK. So oh, will you go? Yeah, I'd do anything to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, you know that album is particularly special to me because. The Aaron Desner from the National. Oh my God, Aaron Desner from the National. Recorded it, wrote it, you know, made it with Taylor Swift, and it's 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 pushed one of my other favorite bands, the National. Probably probably my favorite band overall is the National. Um, it's pushed them into a massive spotlight. It's given them a lot more notice and recognition. Uh, the the Desner brothers have worked with a bunch of pop artists now, especially Aaron Desner, and he's written an album of Ed Sheeran that's coming out that just sounds like Ed Sheeran music to me, so I'm not going to listen to it really. Mm. But um, I like to see them getting the recognition and mainstream success uh, off the back of this collaboration with Taylor Swift. Um, they have in in less than a week they're releasing their latest album, first two pages of Frankenstein. Yeah, the singles for which have grown on me massively, and I really like. Especially there's a song on it called Eucalyptus. I'm so excited to to see live one day and um there's a song on that album that features taylor swift that they wrote together and i read an interview with aaron desen this week where he said he was really nervous to send her the song he didn't want her to feel pressured that now she has to collaborate with them just because they collaborated with her Mm. and um before like an hour passed after he sent her the song and he started to write her a message saying sorry for sending that to you out of embarrassment uh and she had just sent him back the return song and she'd already written it um in like that hour 
and it I'm excited to hear it. So oh. yeah, I am a big fan of that album, and I'm a big fan of Taylor Swift. And um, yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Good stuff. I agree. What's your number? F- yeah, thank you. What's your number four? My number four is an album that uh, was my number three, and is Blonde by Frank Ocean. Nice. That is an incredible album. So I kept these two. Cause I. That's fair. It is an incredible album. Will he do another incredible album? Um, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I feel, I feel like this is a person that clearly has having some artistic issues. Mm. He said at Coachella that he's not there to promote a new album. Yeah. But then said, but not that there isn't a new album. Maybe there's a new album. Oh, okay. So maybe there's a new album. But who knows if it'll be good. Because he's put out a couple of singles. Um... Not that recently now, but in the years since Blonde, he's put out one or two songs. And I don't think they were particularly anything. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, he's, he, do, he does seem like an artist that's casting around for something to inspire him. And hopefully he finds it. Mm. Yeah. We'll see. Hmm. We'll see. Um, That's your number three. Was that No, that was your number four. Number four? What's your number four? My number four is uh, in some ways linked to my number five because it is an album by The National. Oh. Um, which is a weird... Because The National are my favourite band mm. by any metric, particularly by the metric of the fact that I record every song I listen to and the National of at the top of the list of songs I've listened to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and yet they there doesn't tend to be... Like, they're my favourite band, so you'd think that my favourite album would be an album by The National, but... They tend to be very consistently incredible just across every album they've done, and it mm. makes it difficult for me to ever pick out one album and say, that's it, that's the album that I love, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Like I love I love songs and pieces across the whole works. But I've gone with an album called Trouble Will Find Me. Um, it is the fifth album? Mm-hmm. I think, or sixth album. Uh, let me check. Fifth or sixth album. Um, and it has some of their best and biggest songs on it, such as um, uh, Don't Swallow the Cap and Demons and I Should Live in Salt and what other songs are on there? I Need My Girl is on there. It's their sixth studio album, yeah. Um, Graceless, Sea mm. of Love. It's, a, it's an incredible album. Um, and it's particularly important to me, I remember it, because it came out in um, 2013, uh, which is when I was uh, nearing the end of my time teaching in Sheffield. Mm. I used to travel between Manchester and Sheffield quite often on the on the train, and I remember a couple of really eventful train journeys, not eventful train journeys, memorable train journeys, yeah. uh, where I would listen to that album and watch the British countryside go by, knowing mm. that soon I was not going to see much of it anymore because I was moving away the other side of the world um so yeah it's a it's a pretty it it makes me brings me back to that kind of period of my life Mm. of being excited about new beginnings and things like that and um it's it's a beautiful wonderful album so yeah trouble will find me by national big fan of that album nice what's your third album my third album is a new entry and uh, an album that without you i would have not listened to and is um the 2022 album by uh, Scissor SOS. Oh, wow. 
Yes. Really? I love it. Really? I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> There's something about that album that is so good. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's it is a good album. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And uh, and since you you know, you told me to listen to it, I've been like on and off listening to new stuff and but I keep going back to that. It is an amazing album. I didn't realise you had connected with it that much. But I love it. I, I agree. I like it. Yeah, it's so good. And I didn't think I was going to connect. I, I just listened to it. Uh, and I was, you know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That, yeah, brilliant. Well done. That is a very recent album. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I only listened to it. I think yeah, in in January you told me to listen to it, I think. Mm. Yeah. But um, yeah. I think I'm gonna like it for a long time. Yeah, I yeah. I can I, mm. I would agree. Yeah. Um yeah, she just she just announced tour dates in the UK actually, but I didn't um too many things in the world to do. So I didn't try for that one. When is she coming to the UK? In like June. Ah, okay. Yeah. Too too soon. Too much expense, but uh, I would love to see you live. It'd be great. But I'm holding out for Taylor Swift now, so <laughs> save us oh. off for that. Um, nice. Well, my third album, my number three album, is another album that sort of uh, we've talked about together a lot, mm. um, and again has been released since we last did this list, and one that just I think is back to front perfect. Every track is incredible. It's a monumental achievement. Um, for an artist that will go on to hopefully have many more monumental achievements, it's the album "Prioritize Pleasure" by Self Esteem. Of course, <laughs> of course, I've got it too. Ah, uh, good. I thought you would have. Yeah. Um, and particularly after seeing her, I saw her well a month or so ago. Now I saw her live, uh, in Manchester at the Albert Hall in Manchester, mm. and she performed broadly the the entire album, Ugh. minus one or two tracks. And it's just incredible watching her do Wizardry live. Is um, oh. it was so much fun. She controlled the stage. Yeah, she like it was a it was a full on pop show. And the only the only real like stagecraft she had was she had this set of stairs that she kind of used hmm. uh, on the stage, climbed up and down and things. And she had three dancers and a band that was like a guy on keyboards and also guitar. A guy on drums and a third guy that might have been also on guitar. Mm. And um, one of her dancers at one point wasn't well and had to leave the stage and it didn't change. At, it was fine because mm. uh, the other two just, just held it all. And it was just great. It was it was amazing. It was an amazing performance and um, it just kind of really cemented in my head. Similar to actually last week I got, I was really lucky to see Paramore live. Oh. Um yeah, in wow. Manchester. Yeah, and they did a bunch of songs off their new album, which I liked, but I hadn't really fully connected with. But the songs came alive massively when they performed them live. And yeah. that Paramore album, this is why their new one is now like I've been listening to it this week, and it mean it kind of connects with me so much more now that I've heard it live. And the same is true of Prioritize Pleasure. It's, it's oh. a masterpiece. I love it. It is a masterpiece. Mm. It's so good. So very good. So yeah. yeah, that's my number three favourite album of all time. Nice. 
How about you? Um, my number two. Um, so quarterback of our lives made me uh re uh visit music that I used to listen to, and I realized how much I love this artist and how much I've loved her for years, and um how much her her this album kind of introduced me to her incredible artistry, and um, it's uh Bjork debut. Uh. Wow, David yeah. Bjork. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you did put a lot of Bjork albums on that. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, how how on earth did I not put Bjork in my top five the first time? Like, that's fair. And so, and uh, listening to all of them, like, it just, I just love Debut. I just think there's so much character in that album and so much Yeah, that's interesting. It's hard, to, it's hard to pick it because I... yeah. Probably go with post, but yes. Well, that's an incredible album too. Uh, mm. but I think debut is the, is the one that I kind of, you know, is the first one I listened. Yeah. And uh, it's the, I don't know, good memories. Mm. Mm. Uh, she also had some Coachella controversy this weekend. Did she? Yeah, not as much as Frank. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh, he... Frank. He ruled the controversy, but yeah. I think she she was headlining like a second stage or something at the same time as Frank Ocean, and she was notably like Frank Ocean, one of the very few performers to not allow her set to be streamed over YouTube, um, which caused some upset from some people. But I, I don't know, whatever. I don't care. Bjork's fine. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. Uh, I would I would love to see her live one day. Yeah, she, she's coming to Bologna, but I didn't buy tickets. Because I'm not good with live concerts. Fair dues. Mm. Um, but yeah, good choice with Bjork. Yeah. I like it. Um, so, uh, my number two is uh, a band that I've talked about a lot on this podcast uh, that I have loved for a few years now. And um, I was thinking recently about how... It was actually after I saw Self Esteem and I was like, man, there's really been a handful of albums that have come out in the last five years or so, or five, five to sort of eight years or so, um, that are just like these huge, important albums mm. to me that kind of sit on pedestals and like Prioritised Pleasures become one, uh, Folklore's become one, and this album's become one. Um, because again, I found it at the right time and the messages in, in the album really connected with me at a point where, again, similar to the Trouble with Farming by National, where I was going through some degree of change, uh, it's the album Joy as an Act of Resistance by Idols. Mm, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, just fell in love with this album from the first time I heard it. Mm. All of the songs seem to be about things, topics topics that I find interesting. And in, 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 uh, Joe Talbot, the singer, takes stances that I tend to fully agree with on each and every song. And it just felt like somebody had taken me and spread it into an album. <laughs> Um and yeah, I love it. I love Joy's and Acts of Resistance. I love I I love Crawler as well. We took we talked about that yeah. for an entire episode. I love Brutalism, their first album. Ultra Mono, their third album, is an interesting one now with a couple of years removed from it. Uh mm. but it's still 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 a big fan. But yeah, yeah. Joy's and Acts of Resistance is so good. Yeah, I agree. And, um it's been a while now. I think we're doing another Idols album at some point soon. I yeah, hope. that'd be I've wonderful. Been, I've been quiet for a little bit, so I don't yeah. assume we're doing And there's something. a lot of material to talk about now, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there is. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. What's your number one? What's your favourite album ever uh, now? Number one is Prioritize Pressure by Self Esteem. Incredible, amazing, exactly the perfect album. Uh, it's just an amazing album. And I love it. I love her. I love what she stands for. I love her songs. I, 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 what they say, her message. Um, the clip that you sent me from the gig you went to see, I was, I just wish I was there. <laughs> um, yeah, she's amazing. I think I, maybe I would go to a concert for her. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an incredible. I was actually thinking, and I was thinking about after I saw her about how that album is really seems to be about the the what it's like to be a woman mm, yeah. in twenty twenty in the in the current world. Yeah. Um, and approaching feminism and femininity and being a being a sort of powerful woman. Yeah. Almost to a mirror of how. Joys and Acts of Resistance, the Idols album, is a lot of it is about what it is to be a man mm. in the current world and, and approaching masculinity and mm. toxic masculinity and yeah and um what's expected of men and mm. um how that how challenging that can be in its own way. I just thought it was interesting those two albums sort of to me kind of complete each other in some ways. Mm. They they kind of form a complete picture of modern life. Yeah. Not not entirely complete, but um you can get, you can take a lot. If you listen to those two albums, you would understand a fair amount about what it is to be a human being today. I think. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Good. I uh, yeah, I agree. I'm glad that we both love that album because it's the absolute best. Um, my number one album is one that uh helped me survive the pandemic even more so than Folklore's Taylor Swift, one <laughs> that I listened to just on repeat for days and days. Uh, in the album is Punisher yeah. by Phoebe Bridges. Of course. Yeah, I think that's my number one now for 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 a good long while. For a very um, long time. Yeah, because I think when I put the Holy Bible by Manic Street Preachers my number one last time, I think I was sort of casting around for one that seemed and that seemed to connect, but Punisher mm. has been a big connection. And when I saw her live last year, she performed. I think she performed maybe the entire album, mm. um, front to back, and it's i it was it was an emotional evening and i i absolutely love her mm-hmm. and um yeah boy genius is that new boy genius record by the way great album i still have to get into it really i'm not it's good. i'm not getting i'm not getting into it like i've listened to it about three times and i'm just trying to appreciate it i want to and i will but I, it's taking me time yeah, fair enough. There's a lot going on in it for how yeah. relatively short it is. Um, like I'm, all... I'm, I'm feeling a little bit detached from it. I can't relate to it. I can't. I don't feel. I don't know, but um, I maybe I will get into it. I will carry on. I I I love those. I love them. But um, did you see them on Jimmy Kimmel? No, I haven't. Do you want to do a quick MyTube? And, yeah, and, before yeah, we go to our next list. Let's split it up with a little bit of MyTube, thematically appropriate due to Phoebe Bridges. Yeah. This might might make you more excited for them. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. I don't know why. I don't know why I've run away. <laughs> but for whatever reason, 
Jimmy Kimmel is the sort of the one late night talk show host in America that I kind of have have time for. I don't know what endears me to him. Oh my! Like we couldn't be the most <laughs> different people. I I is I think I don't particularly enjoy his show. I mean, How I've weird. never watched too much of his show, but I like him much more than. How weird! You know, but like we couldn't. We're just totally different. <laughs> the ones I love, you hate, and the ones well, the ones I like, you hate, and the <laughs> like hate. Fair play. Right, uh, do you want to see? Yeah, please. Let's go. So this is Boy Genius performing Not Strong Enough on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Their album is called The Record. Here with the song Not Strong Enough, Boy Genius. You hear it okay? Yeah. There they are. No. No. Oh, I like this song actually. It's a good song. Yeah. I love their their harmonies just oh. And I know I talk a lot about Phoebe Bridges, but I think all three of them are pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I saw Julian Baker live last year, and mm. she's she's for someone who's quite petite, she has a huge voice. Yeah. And there's a, the refrain at the end of this song, the repeated refrain, I really like as well. Mm. Yeah, I just have to get into the album. I don't know what, what it is. I don't... I think it... Well, I think the first couple of times you listen to it, it can feel a bit like three different voices sort of competing. Um, because it is like some of it's quite seems quite slow, and what I think once you get into it and and listen to the lyrics more, it just sort of opens yeah. up. I don't know. I love her voice. She she's very different from the others. Yeah, she is. And I think it, it, they kind of like you know complement each other. Mm, they really do. She's the one yeah. that I've had the least sort of experience with. But I saw her at a festival and she was very good. I want to listen to her albums more. Yeah. Um, she's meant to be a very good storyteller. Mm. I wonder why they decided to reunite and 
Apparently, just after Phoebe Bridges released Punisher, she emailed the other two and said, can we be a band again? And then that sort of started the ball rolling for them getting back together. I think they all three of them wanted to do it again, but were nervous that the other two didn't want to. I think when oh, they realised okay. they all wanted to, they sort of... That's what I've read from interviews, anyway. That's amazing, actually. Mm. Yeah, I do wonder if once the cycle for this album's done, whether they'll carry on doing stuff together or if they'll um, go back to solo stuff for a while, I don't know. Yeah, but it'd be good if they, like, carry on doing doing it, like, you know, sporadically. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they will. I don't think they'll just have this be their only mm. work together because they seem to genuinely um, really enjoy working together and spending time together. I've read a few interviews with them as a group and they've talked about how they connected over books, but having similar interest in books. Yeah. I, can't remember, I think Julian or Phoebe have a bookshelf in their house now with just books on for Lucy Dacus to read when she goes around, something like that. Aww. I don't know. They seem really, really connected and happy mm. and lovely and well done. Yeah, so that's good. why I want to like this album and I'm going to like this album. I'm going to force <laughs> myself to like this album. Well, I hope you do. You should listen to Cool About It. There's a song called Cool About It, mm. which sounds just like a Simon and Garfunkel song mm. that I've really gotten into. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, and Satanist is really good. Yeah. I, yeah. I like well, I guess I guess I also was trying to like make myself like the Miley Cyrus album, so I listened to it on oh, repeat, yeah. so I would enjoy it, and now I actually love it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do that with the Miley Cyrus album still. Yeah, uh, because it's it's so different. Yeah. You, I kind of I was like, oh, it took me a long time to enjoy it, and I'll do that the same <laughs> this week. I'll just do like a obsessive uh, listen to. Uh, Boy Genius's album. Love it. Fair yeah. Point. Okay. Um, let's talk about films then. Yeah. Should we do the top five to f- one first? Yeah. Do you want me to then... go first this time? Swap it around? No, I mean, uh, do you want to do you wanna do the rundown five to one of the songs and then of the albums? Oh, of the original. Sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Go on then. You go. Number five. Okay. Computer. Radiohead. Number four. A Blonde. Frank Ocean. Number four. Three, uh, SOS, Scissor. Number two, uh, Debut by Bjork. And number one, Paradise Pleasure by Self-Esteem. Nice. I've gone with, um, like last time, we both have one album the same. Yeah. It's interesting. So number five, I've gone with Folklore by Taylor Swift. Uh, number four, Trouble Find Me the National. Number three, Prioritize Pleasure by Self-Esteem. Number two, Joy is an Act of Resistance by Idols. And number one, Punisher, Phoebe Bridges. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Um, do you want to be reminded of my top five films from 2020? Ah, oh, yes. Uh, so number five, I mm. went with Midsummer. Yes. Yes. Good choice. Good choice, which you've watched since. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hold that up as still being an incredible yeah. album. Album film. <laughs> talking about films now, yeah. films. Yeah. Um, and I was, what I was going to say to you before is, have you seen that his new one is out in America now? Yeah. And people are confused. People are very confused. It sounds like a... <laughs> Sounds like a film that you either will hate it yeah. or be like, I didn't enjoy it, but well done. It doesn't yeah. sound like you're ever going to be like, I love that movie. That movie yeah. is great. I watch that movie any day of the week. Uh, apparently it's pretty disturbing and unpleasant. Um, and I can't wait to see it because I really want to know what it is. And it's three hours long and 
Man, it's out in like late May here, so we've still got, I've still got a bit of a wait on me before I get to see it. But I, I can't wait to see it. But I don't think, and also like, Hereditary is like a possession movie, a mm. kind of a, a demonic possession film. Yes, please, I'm all in on films like mm. that. Midsummer is a folk horror movie, and I'm even that's even more my thing. Bo's afraid. I don't even know what category you'd put it in, mm. but it's certainly not like my it's not within my wheelhouse to automatically like it so i really want to see ari Aster's new movie but i'm i don't know it's i don't know we'll see anyway yeah uh by the way these are five film speaking in english speaking films we haven't yes, included sorry, yeah. any international films because if that not i would have a lot of japanese films on my list that is yeah that's true that's true um so number four, I went, uh back then was Nuts in May, uh, my oh, yeah. uh BBC TV film about camping. Uh, and my new list still has a uh, a BBC TV movie in it, but it's not um, Nuts in May. It's even older than Nuts in May actually. Um, I I still I Nuts in May is brilliant. I still wish you'd watch it and see it, but I don't think you will. Um, nope. <laughs> Uh, but it is a very funny film. Um, number three was The Big Lebowski, which yep. we've talked at length about before. Uh, number two is um, Cloud Atlas. Yes. Which um, I still I still really like Cloud Atlas, but I, again, I don't know why I put it as my second favourite film ever. Mm. Um, yeah, it was an odd pick. I, I love the ambition of that movie. Uh, but it's yeah. um, I've not watched it since. Um, and number one was Jurassic Park, which uh, I talk about the Jurassic Park a lot. I yeah. love that movie. And I, if that I hasn't changed, I won't be surprised. Because <laughs> it is the best. Yeah, man. Um, what do you, what were your top five films? Uh, uh, yeah, I I don't know if I was having. I, they're good films. Uh, but I I don't know. Um, my number five was uh the Blues Brothers. Just it's still a great love the, film. Still love the film. Uh, but is it my like one well, of my top five? Oh, yeah, it's a great film. Uh, number four, uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great film. Uh, number three, uh, The Big Lebowski. Like you, my number two was the Royal Tenenbaums. Was Anderson at his best? My first was Anderson Experience, mm-hmm. and my number one was Little Women, which. I still love that film. It's so good. I watched it. I watched it again the other day. I cried like a baby again. <laughs> Did you really? Well, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see if it's still your number one. Yes. Um, I mean, little, that Little Women is, is very, very good. So good. Um, and we're still eagerly awaiting the follow-up, uh, Barbie. Yeah, exciting. Maybe Barbie will be your favourite film of all time one day. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Right. Do you want to know what my five fifth favorite movie of all time is today? Yes, please. Well, I'll tell you. It's quite a recent film. It's mm-hmm. the most recent film on my list. Yeah. Um. It's from two thousand twenty-two. Mm. And in a few years, maybe I'll be like, did I really put that as my number one? But at the moment, it has such a strong powerful place in my heart mm. that um i can't do anything other than, than than adore it and promote it as much as i can whenever i can it is 
after sun. Great. Of course it is. I knew I knew you were going to put it somewhere. I think mm. that film really, really kind of moved you in it different did. places. It, it really affected me in a, in a big way. And it affects me every time I think about it and think through it. And I've watched it since. I just love it. I just think it's perfect. Uh, Paul Meskel is incredible in it. Frankie Corio is incredible in it. And Charlotte Wells, I can't wait to see what she makes mm. next. But she's made one of my favourite things ever. Um, I absolutely adore it. So even though it's quite new, maybe there's some recency bias going on, um, which also might be true of my number four pick. Um, it, it really strongly affected me and um, yeah. I adore it. Great. I adore it. After Sun. Nice. Thank you. What's your number five? My number five. I can't believe I didn't put it on my list before. I must have been having a moment. Uh, this one I watched, um, I think, last year again. And I sang all the song, knew everything. I've watched it so many times and it's just one of, I had the soundtrack. I just love this film so much. And I was like, I can't believe it's not in my top five. And it's um, Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. Oh, okay. I adore that film. and Jackie B. Yeah, I just love everything about it. And I love the soundtrack and I just... It's an incredible film. So I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. Yeah. I, I watch it again. Yeah, cuz I watched it like like I said like last year, well, a few months ago. And I just I was just so kind of like giddy watching it. I just I just love it and so it's a great film. And I know. Great soundtrack. It's quite is it quite long? Is it like yeah. two and a half hours? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite long. And there's a so, lot of stuff happening and different kind of like, it gets a little bit, you know, overwhelming at points when, you know, Robert De Niro is just kind of crazy. And, um, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, fair play. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and watch it again. I always, I always want to watch it again, but I don't because of how long it is. But uh, yeah, I you should. Um, so that's Jackie Brown. Yes. Your number five. My number four is, um, Quite recent, not as recent as After Sun. It's from 2019. Mm. Um, and again, it's one that I've watched. I watched it for the first time this year. Mm. This year. Uh, and I've watched it three times since, uh, well, including the first time I watched it, I've watched it three times. And I love it. And I could watch it over and over again. I think that the filmmaking behind it is amazing. Mm. It's the film... Bait. Bait, the one you made me watch. Yes, I made you watch it quite recently. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, of course. This this film is legendary. It is. Like, yeah, it the is. way he's done it, the way he managed to do a film like that in 2019, I think it's, it's just amazing. And yeah. But every, I think that... You know, it's... it's I don't know. It's just something. It's it's innovation going. Well, not innovation. Just going, trying something different with film, which I don't think people try anymore. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. I mm. I love that about it, but I also love that it works. Like it, it doesn't just. It's it's good as well as as well as that. It just works on its own merits as a movie. Mm. I love the way it plays with chronology and presents events out of time and prevents presents some events out of time in terms of like it shows you something at the very beginning that you see at the end with more context yeah but it also throughout the entire film it presents you with really quick moments like mm. a, some glass shattering or some other yeah. things but 
um, when, when once you have context for them and you watch the film again and you see the when he puts these moments in, maybe through moments of stress and drama, you kind of see how it all ties together. I love how there's a character that is effectively meant to be a ghost, but isn't, you know, presented as such. No. Because uh, isn't really a ghost, is more sort of like the memory of someone haunting the characters internally. Yeah. Um, but it, within the movie, they're just presented as being there on the screen. Um, it, it works on so many levels in terms mm. of like the, the filmmaking, but also the film itself, I think is great. I think that like you can talk for so long about how, masterful Mark Jenkins is as a filmmaker but someone like Edward Rowe who's not a famous well-known actor mm. puts in an amazing performance yeah. as Martin 100% um, and yeah I absolutely love it I also loved his second movie Ennis Main which I've only seen mm. once in the cinema I'm excited for that to come out on streaming or somewhere so I can watch it again and kind of have a better idea of how I feel it compares to Bait but yeah. at the moment Bait is my fourth favourite film of all time nice Nice indeed. What's yours? Uh, mine hasn't. Is uh, it's just went down one, but I've uh, my number four is uh, the Big Lebowski. Nice. Yes. Bit. That that will all that is just. I don't think that will ever be removed. I love that film. I love everything about it, and I just it's just one of the funniest <laughs> films and ridiculous films ever made. Just it's iconic it is it's yeah it's iconic though it's yeah. one of the biggest cult films of all time yeah for sure yeah um will you ever watch the semi-sequel the semi-sequel well that john Turturro made about his character of the jesus oh i was meant to watch it but i keep forgetting it exists <laughs> <laughs> i think the world forgot that it exists it's not uh, it's not meant to be great oh maybe we should watch it i don't want to watch it <laughs> Well, George is coming to visit to visit me in Italy soon ish. I, I think there are better things we could. But we could like watch that and talk about it. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. think you'd like. Well, maybe we'll see. Um, <laughs> my yeah, number three is a. It's it's from nineteen sixty eight. Mm. It's in black and white. Yeah. It's a British. British BBC television drama mm. adaptation of a ghost story. Oh. Oh. Um, and I, 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 maybe I'm stretching the definition of film because it's about, <laughs> it's about 50 minutes long. Okay. But I, it's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Um, by a distance. Um, despite being a black and white BBC adaptation mm. with no special effects budget. And I think it's a masterpiece in setting, tone and atmosphere. Um, and also being just the right side of strange mm. uh, to, to really stick with you and feel memorable. It's called Whistle and I'll Come to You. Oh. And it's based on a ghost story by M.R. James called A Whistle and I'll Come to You, My Lad. And it was actually made as part of a, it's it's fascinating, in my opinion. Uh, it was made uh, as part of a documentary series called Omnibus uh, mm. that was on the BBC in the 60s. Um, and normally it was just documentaries about different artists and artworks and things. And they, they didn't do dramatisations of things mm. traditionally, but for whatever reason they decided to make a, an adaptation of this um, thing. 
this story and it opens with like a narrator just explaining to you what you're about to see. And it's that's a relic of the fact it was made as part of this documentary strand, despite not being a documentary. Um, and uh, that again adds to the sort of unsettling, odd, surreal nature of the whole thing. And yeah. um, was so successful, mm. it led to what became a sign of what is still to this day, in a lot of ways, a British tradition of ghost stories for Christmas, where the BBC would adapt um, M.R. James ghost stories or other similar ghost stories and um, put them on TV on Christmas Eve as like a spooky, festive treat. And it all started with this with this one, uh, Whistle I'll Come To You, and um, it stars uh, Michael Hordern as mm. Professor Parkin, Michael Hordern, who I know best as playing, I think, Badger in A Wind in the Willows? Mm. Um think that's what he played anyway um yeah it's incredible it's an incredible thing i absolutely love it and um i am uh yeah it it it, it doesn't it, it it you have to see it to understand why okay but you know i saw evil dead i saw the new evil dead film at the weekend okay um and loved it i i'm so happy that it's good it's absolutely incredible but um it didn't scare me like movies don't really horror movies blood and gore and violence and like big Hollywood horror movies now, even like smaller budget horror movies, none of them have, none of them managed to muster up atmosphere in the way that mm. Whistle Now Come To You did in 1968. And I think it's a, an incredible achievement. So yeah, I love that film. Um, and I've decided it's my third favorite of all time. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Nice. What's your number three? Uh, my number three, Um, I had to put a Wes Anderson film. Uh, because I love him and I love whatever he does and I'm very excited about the new uh, one that is going to come out which is called Asteroid City. Yeah, have you seen the trailer? I have seen the trailer. I couldn't wait for you and no, I fair. was, oh my God, I I already love it. Yeah, it looks pretty <laughs> I good, I already it? love it. I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah, 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> and, and I put, it's always been the Royal Tenenbaum. But I feel now, you know, rewatching them, I think um, my number three is has changed, and my number three is Moonrise Kingdom. Wow. Yeah, because I, I was mentally, emotionally preparing for you to say the Darjeeling Limited. Then no, I was. Uh, yeah, see, I think I think that's why we're ever changing because I think I love the Darjeeling Limited, but because I watched it in a different time and I watched it. You know, I I travel to India and then I watched Darjeeling Limited and it kind of put mm. this kind of like fairy kind of kind of beautiful thing. I still love the Darjeeling Limited. It's still one of my favorites. Well, I love them all, uh. But I feel like I can relate more to Moonrise Kingdom now. I don't know, maybe because I'm a primary school teacher, <laughs> and I don't know. I just find it lovely, and adorable, and funny, and uh, yeah. So, uh, my number three is Moonrise Kingdom. It's incredible. It's such a good film. I agree, yeah. And just, just the aesthetics of it and just, I always say it, but I just love the tents and when he, when, when he escapes and he oh, just made a little, little hole in the tent. I just love it. And I just love the, the, the pure love that these two kids feel for each other. And it's just a wonderful film. And um, Do you think Taika Waititi took a lot of inspiration from Moonrise Kingdom when he was making Jojo Rabbit? Um... Because I find that the scenes in the camp in Jojo Rabbit early on with Sam Rockwell and stuff, I find 
the the way they're shot really reminds me of Moonrise maybe Kingdom. maybe yeah they're creating yeah maybe but what whatever Wes Anderson does nobody else does no I know that's that's true. and I really can't wait to watch Asteroid City is it coming out at the cinema or is it going to go straight to streaming on oh, Disney Plus no I'm pretty sure it's coming straight coming out in the cinema first okay yeah I'm I'm looking forward to that Asteroid City and I yeah it's a good pick for your top five films I like Moonrise Kingdom a lot. Uh, my number two favorite film of, of all time, which this movie I really do adore and love, and I almost made it my number one, but didn't in the end. Um, is a film from nineteen seventy four. It's one that me and you have watched together, um, and a film that every year that goes by kind of increases how important important this movie is to me. Um, it is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah! <laughs> is that not uh, what he does at the end? Yeah, it is With what his he chainsaw. does at the end. Uh, well, you listeners, you can't see me, but I just put my hands in the air and went pretending. But that's it, I put it in my top five final shots of all time because of that moment at the yeah. end where he's, he's spinning around with the chainsaw and screaming and yelling. And um, Man, I'm a big fan of that movie. And I'm trying to remember, it, it was actually in... What did I watch recently? Was it that or that? Hmm. 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 I watched something recently where the the end to that movie was playing on a TV screen. It might have been the Guy Ritchie movie Operation Fortune Ruse the Gare, which is a dog turd of a film. <laughs> Rubbish. Awful is it? movie. Oh, oh, it's why? So bad. Guy Ritchie used to be so good. Yeah, he did. And maybe he will be again. I, but that... Because he's making... What's he making? He's making He's making the Hercules film of all films. Um, the the remake for Disney, but yeah, um, Operation Fortune Ruse the Gare got dumped unceremoniously on uh, Amazon Prime Video, and I watched it recently, and it's just awful. But I think it's got a brief shot of the ending of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's either that or Bull. Uh, mm. Bull is a Bull is a masterpiece of a film, but I don't I don't think it's Bull. Yeah. Anyway, point being, I, I, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre huge influence on 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 a horror cinema. Uh, it came out in 1974, you know, pre-Halloween, pre-Friday the 13th, pre-Scream. Scream, I almost put Scream as my number two because I do love Scream as well, but I, I went for this in the end instead. Mm. Um, pre all of those things and, it, you know, the fact that Te- Toby Hooper thought he was making a comedy that was going to be like PG rated um, and went to great lengths to not show blood and violence on screen. Mm. Uh but 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 despite that, managed to still make one of the most horrifying and unpleasant mm-hmm. experiences experiences ever made. Uh, is is incredible, and um, they've never been able to recapture it. The 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 Netflix reboot from last year was a truly abhorrent piece of nonsense. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the original is just about perfect. Mm. Yeah, I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What's um what's your number two? My number two is a 2016 uh, film uh, called Moonlight. Oh, okay, yeah, Moonlight. Moonlight. Um, I love, love this film. Uh, it came out the same year as La La Land, and uh, everybody was talking about La La Land, and I absolutely hated La La Land with a passion. Even when I see clips now, I'm like, oh, I hate that film. But um, Moonlight, <laughs> that came out the same year, should have had the praise that La La Land had. Uh, and it did, because it won Best Picture, I think. Mm. But then, it did, it did. you know, they read the wrong, uh, the wrong one. And I just, I just love how this film just 
follows this boy and um, Chiron and shows his, you know, from adolescence, from child adolescence to adult and him trying to kind of navigate everything. But he does it in such a beautiful way and it's just such a, an incredible film and upsetting and beautiful to watch and the performances are amazing and it's just so good. Moonlight. And I think I think this might be a constant. I don't know. I just maybe I don't know, but I just I I really really like this film. Yeah, yeah, you you yeah, it pops up on various lists that you do a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, have you have you managed to watch it? Yeah, you made me. Watch. I've yeah, I've seen it. Ah, yeah, I've yeah. It. Yeah, I like it. Um, I I can see how good it is. Mm. It it's probably a little bit too much of a straight drama. Yeah. To have like a lasting impact on mm. me in terms of like my favorite movies and stuff, but I I I recognize how incredible it is and mm. the, the the achievement of making it and how great it is. It did end up succeed, despite all the annoyance of various things. It ended up succeeding massively and yeah, winning the winning winning the big prize and stuff like that. And and Mahashala Ali has oh. gone on to be amazing, uh, you know, pretty big big voice in Hollywood uh, yeah. off the back of that and. Yeah, good times all around for Green Book. Oh, Marshall Ali. Green Book then. That's a, that's not a that's not the same thing. Uh, Moonlight. Yeah, it's amazing how Marshall Ali did Green Book, and then this is just like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's such an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen Green Book. But no, I seen no. Ah, I don't want to see Green Book. It's fine. Yeah. It's a bit, you know. Yeah. The thing is, Marshala Ali is in it, and it's wonderful. And Viggo Mortensen is in it, so it's a good cast. Maybe, yeah, yeah. It just seems like a movie that has a message that was relevant, and maybe. Well, I mean, racism still exists, obviously. It just the idea of like if black and white people just spent some time together, they'd see that they're really just the same. <laughs> we're, we're, we're past that are we not it just feels like that message has been out there and we need yeah. to move past that message into like just stop being a terrible yeah people. yeah stop being a terrible person yeah but um, um, me yeah but yeah so um, Moonlight is amazing and lovely yeah man yeah it's good so right my number one film Um, mm. I'm not gonna mince uh, around no, sorry, I don't mean that. I'm not going to mince words. I'm not going to yeah. mince words. Uh, it's Jurassic Park still. Of course. Um, it's the absolute best film ever made. I almost put it off the list. I was almost like, I just need to do a refresh. No. And I made a list that had still Midsummer at number five, I think, and then Texas at number one. And then I was like, no, what are you doing? No, Jurassic Park. So yeah, Jurassic Park's my favourite film of all time. It's a perfect masterpiece mm. of blockbuster um, entertainment and yeah. um, keep going forever Jurassic Park they're doing a blooming um, they're doing a they're doing a thing at the Manchester Arena at the end of the year for the 30th anniversary of it where they're playing the movie on big screen and there's an orchestra doing John Williams score mm. I'm not going to go but um, you should man it's cool no 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 I'm going to enough I'm going to plenty of things <laughs> um, they need to stop doing entertainment for a bit so that uh, Anyway, would you like to tell me what your number one favorite film of all time is? My number one film, favorite film of all time, is uh, the worst person in the world. 
Wow. Yeah. I love that film. I feel like no other film has spoken to me as that film. I mean, we did. I'm not going to. It's all good. That film isn't in English. (gasps) Okay. But it's fine. I don't. (laughs) Shite. Let me just. Oh, no. I don't. It doesn't matter. It is not in English, but I love it. If you love it, if it has a big that place in your heart. I should take it off. No, don't take it off. It's fine. I can't believe. I can't believe. I I completely. I was just like, I was like, yeah, it's amazing. And it's like Norwegian and whatever. Is it Norwegian? Uh, I think it. Yes, I think so. Yeah, is it Oslo? Oslo is in Norway. Yeah. I mean, we didn't we didn't discuss this before. It was it was it was. Um... Yeah, but we. I took away. I took off some Japanese things. Like, oh, because I can't. I for some reason the worst person in the world. I was like, well, yeah, it's fine. I can take it off. No, don't take it off. No, I'm gonna keep it. I'm sorry. It's the keep best it. film. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. It transcends now. all barriers, as do the Japanese movies you love. But let's not yeah. worry too much. It, you know. I just, I just love, love this film, and I went off, uh, off. I love the scene where everyone freezes and she runs through the town. Yes, that's amazing, and uh, it's just. So and I love the scene at the party where she connects with that guy. Uh, and I don't remember what else happens, but that scene early on at the part where she goes to that party yeah. and meets the guy. Yeah, and, and it's she's... they're both kind of unpleasant to each other, but yeah. And then they like create a form of connection and then yeah. she moves. I just, I think it's just amazing film. And he makes um, a horrible comic book. He's like, yeah, it's, oh, it's a good film. Oh, it's such a good film. And I know I went off, but you know, that's it. I couldn't think of anything else. So yeah, the worst person in the world. The worst uh, if you, if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it because it's the best. And if you're 30 uh, something, watch it. Yeah, man. It's a coming of age story about us. Millennials. <laughs> I didn't do honourable mentions for albums. No. But I did have a list of possible extras for films. Okay. Do you want to hear some of them? Yeah. I won't read out all of them, but like Dune. Dune. I have Dune on my list as well. I nearly put it on the list. The Lighthouse, which we've argued about plenty. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes. Um, Top Gun Maverick. With it's, Ooh. That movie is... Crazy, uh, X and Pearl. Ah, uh, yes, they, which you still have to watch. Yeah, I can't wait for Maxine. Um, Mulholland Drive, which you've watched. My neighbor Totoro, Encanto. I listened to a whole load of the Encanto soundtrack recently. Oh, again. Encanto's so good. The but so it, very good. Yeah, I didn't put any animation. I was so good. I was like, oh, no animation, no this, and then I, I put the worst person in the world because that's how much it, you love it. Is it? I just love it you so don't much. Think of it by. Um, the thing, uh, your Ooh. name. I almost saw Suzume. <gasps> uh, it came out in cinemas, and yeah. it was only on, on, from a Friday through to a Tuesday. Okay. And the Friday, I left to go to France on a school trip, and I came back on the Monday night, and I was like, "It's fine. I'll go on the Tuesday." And then Tuesday mm. was when I was seeing Paramore, so uh... I wasn't able to see it. But hopefully, now it's had its time in the cinemas. Less than a week, like four days, it spent in cinemas. Oh, no. it's ridiculous. Um, but hopefully, now it's been out in cinemas. It will be a matter of time before I can see it on streaming or something because it does look great. Mm. Um, but yeah, your name, a huge movie for me. Uh, Halloween, Hot Fuzz. Another round? Have you seen another round yet? No, I need to watch oh, it. I really so need to watch good. it. Key's Livery Service, Easy A is still one of my favourite, um, like, easy watching, relaxing movies. Uh, the Wicker Man, Under the Silver Lake, uh, <laughs> Evil Dead 2, and John Wick Chapter 4 one day could be my... I, 
I went to France recently and I went to a bunch of the places that uh, that uh, John Wick goes to in John Wick Chapter 4 and uh, it was so exciting. Uh-huh. Um, and Raw, the movie about cannibalism. Uh, so yeah, do you have any other mentions? Um, no, because I didn't. I didn't go too far, but yeah, I still, you know, still Little Women is incredible, mm. and um, you know, if, not English speaking, but RRR I think is one of my top films. Oh yeah, uh, the the farewell. Yeah. Uh, yes, and you know, um, a lot of the ones that you mentioned, you know, your name and powerful. Uh, what a great time to live with all these amazing films absolutely um well that's for both our lists why don't yes. we run down them so my five were uh number five after sun number mm-hmm. four bait number three whistle and i'll come to you number two the texas chainsaw massacre and number one jurassic parking fantastic jurassic mm. parking oh my god that game that we used we played <laughs> yeah stuck in a car for 11 hours in the snow <laughs> just put ing on the end of film Jackie Browning. Yeah, that's a good one. Baiting. Baiting. Um, what are your five? <laughs> My five. Uh, number five, Jackie Brown. Number four, The Big Lebowski. Number three, Moonlight, Moonrise Kingdom. Number two, Moonlight. And number one, The Worst Person in the World. Very nice. Um, right. Homework? Are we doing homework this week? Um, we, you, we can if you want. I haven't seen Jackie Brown really in a, such a okay. very long time. Might be worth my time to watch Jackie Brown. Yeah, definitely. And I haven't watched. No, I'm not going to watch the 50 <laughs> minute BBC whistle and I will come to you. Why not? I'm going to watch a two and a half hour long movie. I'm not watching something that's scary. <laughs> you might not find it scary. Do you find it scary? I it's pretty good though. <laughs> if you find if you find it scary, uh, it is not possible for me to watch it. I'd be so interested though to know what you think of it. Yeah, but I'd still be interested. I'm not watching it. <laughs> also, I'm not sure if I'm gonna find it. Oh, I can. I've I own it. Ah uh, no. I can give you my. No, password. I can't find it. I can find no. it for you. V- I don't have a VPN. Yes, you do. <laughs> I own it on my Amazon account. You can I don't very have easily watch it. I yes, don't have a do. computer. It's from it's it's like a hundred years old. How can you find it scary? You find it scary. Oh, but it's such a fascinating uh, document. Exactly. Of... Oh. What what can I watch? That's the only thing. <laughs> Is it? Did you do it on purpose? No, no, not no. After Sun Bait, Whistle I'll Come to You, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Jurassic Park. I have never seen Jurassic Park. That's not true. No. Come on, give give it a go. Give it a try. Whistle and... I'll come to you. Okay. If I can't find it, though, I can't watch it. Well, you can find it because I'll give you my account <laughs> details. It's illegal. For Amazon. It's... <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's in... It's in uh, you might find it under Ghost Stories for Christmas. Okay, but I can. I will. I will send you my account details. It's fine. You watch it. <sighs> Sounds great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Next week, uh, another exciting episode. Episode one hundred and one. We're going to d- discuss uh, the huge cultural event that was the Last of Us TV show. Yeah. Yes. Um. Because outside of films and albums, the Last of Us is my favorite thing of all time. Just about, and Alex loves it as well now, thanks to the master 
of this show. So yeah, we're going to talk about yes. our feelings on that. Uh, we've already talked about episodes here and there, so we'll probably mainly focus on the finale and our thoughts on that. But um, yes, and my, the favorite joke that I have of the of the series. Okay. The favorite pun. Oh, I I do love the puns. <laughs> have you um? Did you know that diarrhea is hereditary? Oh my god, that's my favorite pun. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> it just. Became... Well, tune in. Tune in next week for the punchline. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, great. Well, join us for that then. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, what else do we do at the end of an episode? We say we love you very much. Um, yeah. Is that it and for this one? Yeah. All right. Thank you. If you've been with us for 100 episodes, thank you so much. Um, thank you. But tell, come on, tell some, tell, come on, get some of your mates listening. Yeah. Well, We're fun. Uh, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> not, um, not with that attitude, George. What? Go. Love you so much. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.